and welcome back to our Municipal Candidate Spotlight Series. I'm Jacqueline Cozen. And I'm David Kostek with the Connecticut Democratic Party. Today, uh, we're really excited. We have Immaculate Can, who is running for mayor in Stratford. She is a state central committee member, but most importantly, she would be the first woman of color to lead the town of Stratford. As she points out, uh, Stratford is on a distressed communities list, which uh, has all sorts of negative implications for the town. And she's working to get them off of that list uh, and wants the whole Democratic team with her. Yeah, that was really interesting because I don't think of Stratford in that way. Um, right. And what I think is also uh, interesting is talking about the gerrymandering at the local level, which when people have a conversation mm-hmm. about that, they're thinking bigger, like full state. But you know, when you think about a town like Stratford and what carving it up locally can do, the representation may not actually reflect the population in terms of its government. So I, I enjoyed learning about that. Yeah, if you want to, uh, if listeners would like to go back a couple of months ago, we had a, ca- a talk with the uh, chair of Connecticut's redistricting committee and a national expert all about what's going on at the state level. And in Connecticut, it's really, truly a bipartisan process. So uh, we don't really wind up with gerrymandered districts either for Congress or for the state legislature. Democrats and Republicans need to agree. But that is not the case when it comes to Stratford's town lines. Immaculate will tell us all about that and why she's running to be the next mayor of Stratford, Connecticut. <music> Thank you so much, Immaculate, for joining us today. Uh, It is so exciting to be talking uh, with you. I know you're a state central member, uh, one of the kindest and um, like hardest working members that we have in our party. And I hear that a lot when I hear talk to people on the ground uh, in Stratford when they talk about you. Um, And thank you for running. Uh, It's it's exciting. I know you would be the first woman of color to lead Stratford. And I was wondering what you're thinking about that, what you're seeing in Connecticut. I know you mentioned uh, earlier about there's only one uh, black female mayor in this uh, state. In the entire state of Connecticut. And we have 169 towns. Yes. Um, Number one, I, I want to really take this opportunity to thank you for um, having me here today. Um, this is really exciting. I started this journey back in March and I am getting a lot of excitement on the ground. Um, people are appreciating that I'm coming to their doors and I'm in, I am personally asking them for their votes. Actually, one constituent just before I joined you, that was the second time that I've been um, to her door. And she said, you know what? No one else has come to my door. You have my vote. And she's a Republican. So that's amazing. (laughs) People knocking doors wins elections. So yes, it really does. And um, so I've it's it's exciting. uh, And the numbers are really looking very good for us. I've been working extremely hard. And right now it's really getting out the votes. And I, I believe that we we will make history in four days in Stratford. Um, has me being the first um, African-American female um, mayor here in Stratford. And and possibly um, there will be more African-American female mayors in the state of Connecticut is what I'm hoping. When, when you've been out at the doors, what, uh, what are the big topics? What are people really pressing you on, maybe challenging you on or asking you about? 
Yeah, you know, there's really a lot of concerns around taxes. In 2017, under when Mayor uh, Laura Hoytick um, took office, we had two big issues, taxes and economic development. It is now 2021. We have problems with taxes, economic development, and we're a distressed municipality. So people are very distressed <laughs> that we're a distressed municipality. And what they've seen is that business are leaving Stratford, and we really have no way of, um, of, of finding out why business are leaving. And this came up in council meetings, and the mayor indicated that businesses are not required to report that they're leaving. Um, so she only knows businesses that are coming in, but that's not leaving. And to me, that's not very effective because I'm an administrator, and as an administrator, when I have, if I have a lot of staff members leaving my organization, I need to do an exit interview, you know, to find out why are you leaving, what's going on, and how I can make improvements. So to me, that's pretty logical. But under this mayor's um, leadership, um, she really ha has shown that she really didn't really care. Yeah, should the elected have conversations like with the business community to understand how they can serve them better there in town? I mean, isn't that a role? Absolutely, that is the role of the mayor. And um, and has mayor, you know, if if she is losing businesses and she is in front of the camera on a weekly basis cutting ribbons every two weeks, you should be able to know what the issues are and what the problems are. Um, so, because one of the big problems that we have with taxes is that if we are not really attracting good businesses um, and businesses that are going to pay taxes, um, then hey, that's 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 an issue, and that's one of the reasons why we are on this distressed municipality list is that our grand list has shrunk tremendously. You know, unemployment has gone up. You know, poverty level has gone up. Our students graduating high school and continuing um, higher education has gone down. Um, so those are the, some of the criterias, you know, of us getting on the list. And I'm going to reiterate to um, people who are listening to this podcast, it has nothing to do with COVID. We were on the list before COVID, and we have been on the list for two years straight. So Stratford is going in the wrong direction. And the mayor has really not shown that she is really interested and um, really having some evidence-based data for her to really evaluate and to see what are the causes of these underlying problems and coming up with some evidence-based practice solutions, you know, of, of addressing them. So I, this is where um, we differ um, in terms of my professional background and, and, and her as um, a politician. Um, what are your like top three proposals to help you know get Stratford out of off the stress municipality list? We we in Stratford historically for the last eighteen years, and especially under the, the three previous mayors that, that we've had, you know we've have a trend of hiring friends and family, and friends and family um, who really don't have the who's exhibited that they don't have the experience and the professional knowledge for them to really um, move the town in the direction that we should be going. That has to stop because the friends and family benefit package is not really helping the constituents. 
So my plan is one, to really hire someone with evidence-based practice who knows what they're doing when it comes to um, economic development, because again, that was a problem in 2017. It is still a problem in 2021. So what we're doing is networking. So we really need to have someone who's nonpartisan, someone who understands economic development and who has proven that they do well and they've done a great job in other towns. I'm also looking at hiring a chief innovative officer, and that's to really expand our opportunities to really effectively analyze our data and to really help enhance our town operations. You know, these are key positions and these positions um, um, should really be focused on hiring the right individuals who has the constituents, um, the interests of the constituents and not the interests of people who are in office. Um, it's important that we really um, going to leverage all state and federal um, grants, the Democrats on the council for years advocated for us to really have a, a, a grant department because they really felt that we had a lot of opportunities that we were leaving at the table that we were taking advantage of. So it was much resistant under this mayor's leadership. She did hire a part-time grant person and really wasn't really going anywhere. And she did make that position a full-time position. And within the last three months, this person has been able to bring in $300,000 to Stratford. Now imagine if we really had two good full-time individuals running that department and really looking at all the funding that could be available, you know, to Stratford that we could take um, opportunities, you know. So, um, and we need to, when we obtain these fundings, we need to allocate the fundings appropriately throughout the year, addressing long-standing issues. Um, so, you know, these are some of the um, ideas that I have. Um, I'm going to ask our listeners to please visit my my website. I have uh, uh, um, my plan that's very well articulated. That's www.immaculacan.com, www.immaculacan.com. So, um you know, I've, I've done some mailers educating our community and the mailers really are backed by facts. Um, I am not about attacking Mayor Hoydick. I am about um, articulating the facts to our constituents so that they can know what's going on because they a lot of constituents didn't know, most of constituents that have knocked on doors didn't know that we were a distressed town until I started educating them. They didn't, they don't know that we're getting money um, from Biden and how that money should be utilized, which is another big problem. Um, you know, the mayor talks about, you know, civility, but part of civility is, is transparency, right? <laughs> and, um, and she talks about transparency, but she hides everything. So people didn't know that we're getting money from Biden. Um, um, surrounding towns, they did surveys, they did round tables with the constituents, but why not Stratford? Why couldn't we do that in Stratford and give um, constituents a voice, an opportunity to weigh in on um, how that money should be spent? Um, we're getting money for distressed municipalities. She's using it to balance the budget. That's not going to address the issue of getting us off the distressed municipality list. You spoke a minute ago about the Democrats on the town, on the city council. Um, the next year, uh, Stratford's town council districts are going to be redrawn. Uh, is, yes. Does this happen after every census or more frequently? 
Yeah, every 10 years after it's census. It's 10 years, okay. So very yeah. similar to the statewide and the federal districts. Within Stratford, there's districts. Talk a little bit about that process, what has happened in the past, and um, what you're looking at next year. Absolutely. So what I tell folks is, you know, it's just not um, um, voting for me when I knock on doors. It's important that you vote for my slate. You know, vote row A all the way. We're the A team. I have an excellent group of individuals running, council members running with me. It's important that we have a majority on the council if we are to really make some meaningful changes in Stratford. So we are coming up in 2022 for us to have uh, a redistrict process. If we don't have a majority on, on the council, then you know our voices are not going to be heard in terms of the direction of um, doing a fair, fair redistrict is what is really what's important. And um, our community is, is, is diverse and everybody's voice um, should be heard. Now, 20 years ago, when we did our redistrict here in Stratford, um, it was it was actually an article was published in the New York Times. One of our district really looks like an octopus, you know, and and it and it boggles the mind at how you know that particular district how the lines were drawn, and again, that is to keep the Republicans in power. And it's pretty evident, you know, that when you have ten council. 10 individuals on the council, and all that we've been able to elect is perhaps um, three, three count Democratic council. Well, that speaks volume, you know, of the problem regarding the gerrymandering that we have here in Stratford. You know, 10 years ago, you know, again, they gerrymandered the, the districts. So I tell folks that elections have consequences. And if we really don't elect the right individuals on the council so that we can have a fair um, district, redistrict, we have to live with that for another 10 years. So elections have consequences, and it is so important that we elect the right individuals and those individuals who are going to be fair and fair to the town and the constituents who are living here. It's true. I think we've seen uh, in lots of different elections uh, that uh, they do matter. Leadership uh, matters. You know, having the leadership that we've had to get us through this pandemic. Has Stratford experienced particular uh, impact from pandemic? I know that everywhere has, but are there particular issues that seem to have arisen as a result of the pandemic in Stratford? You know, uh, I, I'm a registered nurse. I have my doctorate degree in nursing. And for me, when it comes to healthcare, um, politics should not really be involved when it comes to healthcare of our uh, of our constituents. And um, and it's unfortunate that under this mayor's leadership, politics was very much prevalent in her decision making. Um, her, her the lack of really um, valuing data and making decision based on the data, you know, that we were collecting and that we had. Stratford was in the red zone. And even when we were in the red zone um, within Fairfield County, you had other um, um, mayors, including Fairfield, who actually the selectman there is, is a Republican, made the right decision of saying, okay, you know, we need to protect our community 
And for a period of time to get ourselves off the red zone, you know, I'm going to institute a, a mass mandate. Um, instead, our mayor here in Stratford, um, she only instituted a mass mandate in public buildings because we had many um, individuals working in town hall who had COVID, oh, wow. who came down with COVID. And only then, yeah, and only then did she institute a mass mandate, but the mass mandate was only in public buildings. In Stratford, um, you know, our um, COVID rates are higher comparing to our surrounding towns in Fairfield County, and our vaccination rate is lower. You know, so it is important that when it comes to healthcare, that we are not basing our decisions on politics, but we are basing our decisions on what is the right thing to do for the community. And that we are looking at the data and we are basing our decisions based on what the data is telling us. Because the health of our community should always take priority over politics. And it's unfortunate that's not what's been occurring. Yeah, and I think people often forget that there is an impact on the local level when it comes to healthcare and uh, different directives. So I think it's a really good point that you made. You know, um, you know, another key thing that I earlier, um, you know, as we were chatting, as you know, looking at what what other issues that we have um, here in Stratford, we're a very diverse town. Approximately forty percent of our population now in town or minorities. Wow. But that is, yeah, yeah, it's pretty high. Oh. <laughs> it is pretty high, which is wonderful. But that's not a reflection, you know, on our boards and commissions and committees. Um, you, you look at the, um, the, um, the Republican ticket, it is the same people, you know, running, uh, and, they, and they play musical chairs, you know, so they'll leave the board of ed, and they'll go to council, and from council, they'll go to planning or zoning, and so it's the same individuals, you know, um, at the table. And it's unfortunate that they are not very inviting of having a, a um, board commission, boards, commissions, um, committees that are a reflection of the community. It really broke my heart. I have an editor um, for the Haitian Voice. Um, he went to the Republican um, fair that um, fair that we had in the Republicans at a table. And he went to them and he said, you know, I have, a, I have a set of special skills that I would like to share with Stratford. And how can I get involved um, in, in, in being a participant because I've lived here for a long time and I would like to be more engaged in my community. And they said to him, no, we all said we don't need you. And to me, that's not very welcoming. You know, um, here it is, we, we really need to tap on um, community members who would like to make positive changes in their in their community, and we're not doing that under this leadership, and that's really very unfortunate. So part of my platform is um, making equity a priority, and um, and our government really works best when people are represented at the table, and right now that's not the case, unfortunately. The election is on Tuesday, uh, November 2nd. That's in just four days. Earlier, you mentioned uh, your, your URL, immaculacon.com, and um, you're all over social media as well, on Facebook and Twitter. Please, if you're listening and in or near Stratford, reach out to the campaign and come on out for Get Out the Vote. When you've gone to doors, um, have you come across anybody who's uh, uh, 
I don't know, maybe said something funny or somebody particularly memorable or, or, you know, uh, I have, um, this, um, a hundred year old um, woman that I knocked on her door, she came to her door and it broke my heart when she said to me, you know, for a long time, I used to just be able to go right down the street and, and vote. And now at my age, I need to really try to find ways for me to go across town for me to vote. You know, that is really, um, the detriment of, of this gerrymandering. And, um, and, sh and what she said, that was really funny. And she said, I hope you win before I die. I'm going to have to stay alive <laughs> just, just so I can see you win. And for me to call you and for me to come down to town hall and kiss you and hug you, because you are going to be making history and it is so much, it, it is so needed here in Stratford. Um, I've had such wonderful conversations with, with the constituents. And if I had one wish in this journey, that one wish would be for me to be able to knock on every door mm. because I enjoy having these meaningful conversations. And, and, and it's just been a, a wonderful journey. I always say, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And thank you for putting yourself out there uh, so that little girls that look like you know that they can be it. Um, it means it means a lot. And it's 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 hard work. But my dad always said that if you're doing something, you've got to enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, then you shouldn't be doing it. So it's it's long hours, hard work. But because I'm enjoying it, um, it it's it's much more meaningful. And, and I'm and I'm grateful for that, for this opportunity. Thank you very much for joining us here today. Thank you so much for having me and have a wonderful night. And, and I'm looking forward to celebrating with you guys on Tuesday, November 2nd. Well, that was great. And here we go. This is it. We're launching into GOTV weekend in the, in the politics biz. That's what you call this. This is get out of the vote weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and of course, Tuesday, election day in Connecticut. Yeah, this is a big weekend for everybody uh, running and volunteering. If you haven't had a chance to volunteer, this is the time to do it. Go down to your local Democratic headquarters, or you can even do it from home. Uh, there's lots of opportunity. Feel free to get in touch with us. Just send an email to info at ctdems.org and say, hey, I want to volunteer and tell us what town you're in. And don't forget to vote. Uh, you can vote by absentee ballot by going into your town clerk's office or at the polls this Tuesday, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. And you can head over to our website, ctdems.org, if you need to find your polling location. That's right. And I would guess that most listeners to this podcast are probably reliable voters, but I'd also guess that they probably have friends who aren't. So the other thing you've got to do is harass your friends. It's the weekend when we annual. So Halloween comes with harassing your friends to vote. I think you should always just kind of keep that in mind. Okay, I got to buy candy to give out to the little kids and I need to harass my slacker friends to get out there and vote. This is critically important. Turnout in these local elections is typically quite low, maybe even as below 50% in some places, maybe even 30% in some places. That's leaving seven out of 10 votes on the table and we can't afford to do that. So do uh, harass your friends. We'll be harassing them on your behalf as well, but please help us out. Yes, and this, I don't think people really understand local elections matter, leadership matters. This at the local level probably has the biggest significance uh, on your daily living. So please don't forget to vote. Bring your friends out to vote. 
wear your I vote sticker. Sometimes you can get free stuff. So uh, a free coffee, uh, a donut. So check out uh, <laughs> online. I think some places post hey, it. Man, whatever it takes. Get out there and vote. Go vote, vote. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Uh, we'll have one more of these, we hope, before the election. Uh, and uh, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. And we'll see you out there on the campaign trail. Yeah.